The elevator doors slide open to reveal a weirdly dark and desolate sixth floor. I take a cautious look around after stepping off to make sure I'm in the right place. Honestly, I'm not so sure. When Ingrid texted me, I assumed she wanted me to come to her floor for a quick hookup. And frankly, I could use a break from this group project I've been working on with Bo. But judging by the looks of this place, she must have made a typo. Further investigation reveals a series of sketchy-looking tarps and taped-off areas where I assume cubicles and offices used to be. This looks like the kind of place a serial killer lures you just before chopping you up limb by limb. There's no way I'm in the right place. I'm about to turn around and hit the button for the elevator again when I hear a low, sultry voice behind me. Fancy running into you here. I whip around to find Ingrid watching me from halfway down the hallway, her hair falling over part of her face, slowly unbuttoning the first few buttons on her blouse. Where are we? My eyes dart between the show in front of me and the eerie construction lighting behind her. Somewhere no one will find us. Ingrid beckons me over with her index finger, like a femme fatale in an old James Bond movie. Are you sure? It looks like they're in the middle of something here. She stops what she's doing, dropping her arms to her sides and cocking her head in frustration. Would you just get over here? With a heavy sigh, I nod and make my way toward her and she immediately resumes her Bond girl act. She trails a fingernail down my chest before turning on her heel and tossing her waves over her shoulder, taking my hand and guiding me into the single-person bathroom, which smells vaguely like old urinal cakes. Okay, seriously, where the hell are we? They've been doing renovations on this floor for months. As she explains, Ingrid untucks my shirt and snakes her hand up my bare chest. Then a couple weeks ago, the company that ordered them went bankrupt, and the buildings had a hard time finding new tenants. Shitty for them, but very convenient for us. She drags her fingernails lightly over my skin, sending chills throughout my whole body. Uh Uh-huh. And you're sure it's okay that we're here? She ignores me, simply nodding her head and letting her hands continue their exploration, moving down my torso and giving my crotch a light squeeze. I let out an involuntary, oh, and she giggles, looking up at me with heavy-lidded eyes. (laughs) You like that? She brings her lips to my neck. It's all nice, sure, and any other day I might be into it, but something just feels off. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're great, but you know, it's been a weird day. Before I can continue, she presses her lips against mine. She reaches for my belt and starts to unbuckle it, but I can't shake the feeling, so I stop her, placing my hands over hers. Um, hey, can we... can we pause for a second? Her face grows sour, and she backs away, raising her hands in surrender. Look, I don't... this is what we do, right? We're fun and casual and spontaneous and sexy. Sure, but... I'm not just going to table what happened the other night at the club. She crosses her arms, glancing at her watch as she does. I really don't have time for that conversation right now. But you had time for a shady hookup on the ghost floor? Well, I... Hey. Uh, I take a step toward her, carefully placing my hands on her shoulders. Her mouth snaps into a firm frown. I know you don't want to talk about it, but I really think we have to. Maybe later? Come to my place tonight? I could pick up a bottle of wine, we'll order in, it'll be good. She stares at me for what feels like an eternity, her arms crossed, 
head cocked to the side. Finally, she lets out a long, exasperated sigh, waving her hands in the air. Fine. What the hell? Just make sure it's a red. I'll text you when I hit a stopping point. Point one for Noah. Let's just hope the score stays in my favor until later tonight. We part ways, Ingrid taking the elevator up to her floor and me taking the stairs down to mine. Even if no one else in this place knows us, the last thing she needs is one of her co-workers starting a rumor about her banging a rando on the abandoned sixth floor. The last hour of my day goes by in a blur. I'm so distracted by things with Ingrid that I barely pay any attention to Bo, who can't seem to shut up about his latest sexual escapades. I race home the second we finish, prepared to become a cleaning hurricane and spray every inch of my godforsaken apartment with Febreze. By the time Ingrid texts me, I've mostly gotten the place looking like somewhere a human would live, or at least prepared a one-way shot through the cesspool and into my semi-livable room. When the doorbell rings, I steal myself for what I'm sure will be raucous laughter when she walks through my door. But when she appears in front of me, I'm surprised to find not amusement, but horror on Ingrid's face as her head slowly swivels around my apartment. This is where you've been living all this time? There's more than just horror in her voice as she speaks. Sympathy, even. Bordering on pity. Not exactly what I was expecting, and definitely not what I was hoping for. I shrug, closing the door behind her. Turns out there aren't many options under 1500, within walking distance from the program. You pay 1500 for this place? Her eyes grow wide, and she hugs her purse close to her chest. 1450 Jesus fucking Christ, sometimes I hate this city. Yeah, you're not the only one. I know I shouldn't go there, but she fucking set herself up for that one. She gives me a look, but quickly shrugs it off, and I decide to leave it at that. Things are already tense as it is. No need to make it worse by once again insulting the place she's called home for the past eight years. Do you have roommates? Um, yes. But I've literally met him once. He said he doesn't invest in subletters. That's rude. He's a lifer, I guess. And I don't really care. Makes it easier to pretend I live alone. Shall we? I usher her back to my bedroom, grabbing the bottle of wine and a couple of glasses on the way. I close the door behind us, and the two of us stand awkwardly in front of my bed. The room's so tiny, I barely had room for anything besides a double bed, a lamp, and a small chair in the corner. But hey, it also has a closet, which, if I crouch down a little, could technically be called a stand-in. Ingrid nods to the large window on the opposite wall, overlooking a barren, empty lot and the backside of a building covered in graffiti. Nice view. Is that island breeze I smell? The assholes upstairs are big on fish dinners. Yikes. She runs her finger along the dark gray comforter. It's the same one I had in my room back home, and something about seeing her so close to it now feels a little unsettling. I raise the glasses and bottle. Want some wine? She nods, and I motion for her to sit on the bed, while I take a seat in the not shockingly uncomfortable chair. I pour us each a glass and hand her one. We both take a sip and she studies me over the lip of her glass, her brows furrowed together. Out of nowhere, she asks, What's going on with you? What? Nothing. I lean forward, setting my wine on the ground and propping my elbows on my knees. You're being weird. You've been weird since earlier today. You mean when you tried to jump my bones in our place of work? Oh, come on, Noah, seriously. 
What's your deal? I'm fucking scared, okay? The words come out of nowhere. I certainly wasn't thinking them. But there they are, loud and clear, hanging in the air between us. And for the first time since the day I arrived in this city, I feel... relieved. Scared of what? Her tone is harsher than I expected, but the look on her face lets me know she's listening. Um, everything? (laughs) I laugh a little, running a hand over the back of my neck. I came here on a whim, knowing no one, contemplating blowing up my life for some risky pipe dream that probably won't lead anywhere but to mountains of debt. I pause and glance up at her, my heart pounding at what I'm about to say. And then I saw you. And I know it's not what you want to hear, but for as infuriating and impossible as you continue to be, I was drowning. And you were my lifeboat. Noah. Don't. Don't feel like you have to say anything. I know you're not looking for anything more than a hookup, and I want to respect that. She tucks one leg underneath her and leans on one arm, casting her eyes down to the floor. Well, I appreciate that. But I haven't really been honest with you. Or myself. I don't really know what I'm looking for, but I, uh, um, definitely like you more than I've let on. I guess I was scared too. My mouth falls open, and for a moment, it feels like time has stopped. Everything. My shitty apartment. The fight outside the nightclub. My fear of what might happen next. Fades away. And it's just the two of us, me and Ingrid, finally honest with each other for once in our goddamn lives. I stand up and move in front of her, our eyes locked, and she sits up straight, uncrossing her legs. Can I kiss you? She nods, and I take her face in my hands, our lips meeting, the kiss slow and tender. She pulls me down onto the bed, and we lay there on our sides kissing and breathing and intertwining around each other. We've had plenty of sex in all different kinds of ways, but nothing we've done has ever felt like this before. This vulnerable. This intimate. We pull back, staring into each other's eyes, and simultaneously undress, tossing our clothes on the floor. We quickly come back together, still lying on our sides, and she hooks her leg around mine, opening her hips to me. I reach down and dip a finger between her legs, tracing circles around her center. She gasps and arches her back, and I take one of her nipples between my lips, sucking and rolling it with my tongue. Do you like that? Yes. With that, she bucks her hips into my hand. I obey, slipping two fingers into her and pumping, watching as her body roils around me. She groans and reaches for me, taking me in her hand, running her thumb over my head, causing a grunt to erupt from deep within me. She gives me a long, slow pull before working into a rhythm, and soon we're both writhing and moaning together. Before she can finish, I pull our hands away. Her eyes shoot open, wildly searching my face. How do you want me? Her head shakes softly, and she presses her lips to mine. Right here. Right now. Just... She guides me inside her, wrapping her leg tighter around me, Our faces inches apart, I can feel her breath on my skin. Every sigh and every moan only making me want her more. 
I thrust deeper and deeper inside her, wanting us to be closer, to feel closer than ever. This time, it's not just physical. It's not just about sex. It means something now. And that means something. Her body clenches as she comes, throwing her head back with every wave that washes over her. The tightness deep in my gut tells me I'm not far behind her. I'm close. Where, where should I? Here. She takes me in her hand, seamlessly continuing the same motion while aiming at her stomach. And within seconds, I come right with her. We lie there for a few moments, chests heaving. The noise of the city, the only sounds around us. She rolls over to clean up, pulling one of my t-shirts over her head and tiptoeing to the bathroom. I grab the extra pillow from the closet and lie back down under the covers, waiting for Ingrid to return. By the time she does, my eyelids have already grown heavy, despite the loud grumbling in my stomach. She crawls in next to me, arching a brow and glancing down at me. Should we order that food, sleepyhead? I was thinking Chinese. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you were. She sits up, swinging her legs over the side of the bed. Wait, don't- Relax. I'm getting my phone to order the food. Don't worry. I'm not going anywhere tonight. Ingrid presses her lips to my forehead, and I believe her. And for the first time in a long time, I'm not worried about what might happen next. 10-Week Turnabout is written by Amelia J. Rose, produced by Consensual, creating steamy, feminist-first romance for Riot Girls. Special thanks to Baby Money and the Down Payments for the use of our theme song, Oh Boy. Head sound engineer John McNeil, mixing by Spiral Light Creative, mastering by Aiden Gavora. Follow us at Consensual Pod on Instagram and follow at the Noah Bloom and at the Ingrid Wheeler to watch this love story play out on your Instagram feed. This episode was performed by Allison Grishow and Travis Donahue. Tune in next week to hear Noah say, What I'm trying to say is, I think there's something special between us. And I'd hate to let that slip away for a second time. And you